perspective that uh, there was another event on the same day which we read about uh, just, just now. So uh, the Jewish sages believe that Moses destroyed uh, the, the, the tablets on the same day. And in the end of the, uh, this three-week cycle, uh, they believe that on that day there was the actual destruction, uh, de destruction of the temple. So, and there is a morning um, uh, time for all Jewish believers on those who follow the calendar, who follow the history. So we're in the middle of that cycle. But, um, can I get the next slide? Yeah. So how, how come that such, such a tragic e events happened within the same time frame, separated by centuries, right? W what is it? How come that the same uh, sort of events uh, were happening within this such a short period of time? So is it just a pure bad luck? It's just, you know, there, it's better for Jewish people to avoid those three weeks, than, I, I don't know, just pack and, and go to a vacation to, to a different country and just stay away from Jerusalem and from the temple or from whatever bad can happen. So was it a bad luck or uh, was it an important lesson they didn't learn, they haven't learned uh, that they had to get back to, to, to the matter of that problem and to, to figure out what, what's wrong with them or what's wrong with their attitude towards uh, certain things. So uh, this is why I called the, 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 I put the title The Butterfly Effect because I believe that there is one particular event in that series of events that uh, kind of has the, the root of the whole problem. So there is some, something that causes all other, all the next bad uh, things to happen to them. And for those of you who, who are not aware of what butterfly effect is, it's kind of, it's a scientific and well-known fact that kind of, uh, it, it's better to be formulated like that. So even the small, uh, movement of uh, butterfly wings can cause a tornado somewhere in Texas, like, and you can even measure the the magnitude. So, uh, so there is there is something that may even uh, look uh, insignificant or uh, so, so small that it cannot produce such a great magnitude things. But if to look closely to to uh, to that thing and to study it carefully, we can find out that actually the, the, uh, the matter is really serious. And actually this is not just the, like, it's not an accident. It's not something that um, was not that important, but it's the, the beginning point, the root, the, the starting moment of all other kind of things that happened later. So if, if to look on those, um, uh, on the previous picture, there were several events, and I mentioned them, the uh, destruction of the city, the, burn, uh, uh, the burning of uh, Torah scrolls, and uh, bringing the idol to the temple, and like all of them, but this first one, they led to the destruction of Jerusalem and to the destruction of the temple, except this first one, uh, about which we read the, the, the passage, right? So the... Um, the destruction, or when, the, when, when Moses shattered the tablets, that uh, 
that didn't lead, uh, lead to the destruction of Jerusalem because there was no Jerusalem yet, right? There was no temple, there was no Jerusalem. They were just people came from uh, Egypt, uh, gathered in the wilderness around the Mount of Sinai. And while Moses was talking to God, they were spending time waiting for, for the next movement. So they, they didn't know the, the, uh, the place they're, they're going. They, don't, they didn't know the plan. They didn't know the, the path, and they were waiting for Moses to bring them some instructions how they are going to, to proceed from, from now on. But uh, we will look at several details of that event of uh, shattering the, the tablets, and we will try to see what was the, what was the problem with, with that event, why Moses dis uh, destroyed the tablets, right? So let me read the passage again. Yeah. Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, There is the sound of war in the camp. Moses replied, It is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. It is sound of sinning that I hear. When Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf the people uh, had made and burned it in the fire. Then he ground it to powder, scattered it on, uh, on the water and made the Israel, Israelites drink it. So, um, something, something happened before uh, that's led to, to that tragic event, right? So, and we, we read from that passage that uh, while Moses was talking to God, uh, people, for some uh, unknown reasons, decided to, to, to build their new idol, their new God. They, they collected all the gold they had, and they asked uh, Aaron to, to, to create a golden, molten, golden uh, calf, right? And they put it in the front, and they decided to worship it, right? So, what was wrong with that idea? We, we know that it's an idol and it's against the law and it's against the God's will. But really, if you look into that uh, initial moment when they asked Aaron to, to, uh, to create that idol, there are several, uh, several details that are really important for us. So now I'm reading the next, um, the, the beginning of uh, chapter 32. Uh, I don't believe it's here, yeah, but yeah, let it be on the screen. So, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings, that you, your uh, wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Uh, then they said, These are your God, God's Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. So look at, the, uh, look at this passage. Look what happens there. Um, first of all, uh, as we can see, they didn't 
give up with, with the plan, with an idea. They didn't reject the, the purpose of their bringing from, from Egypt. They still want to follow the same God who took them from the Egypt, right? They still want to go somewhere. They don't know where yet. Uh, they have no one now to follow because they, they don't know. They believe that Moses uh, has just gone. They, they don't see him. They don't know what happened to him. But they still want to go, right? So then uh, another thing that um, Moses put in his book, small detail, but if to look into it closely, we can see that uh, people call Moses the person who actually took them from Egypt. They are not talking about God who who took them from Egypt and brought here, right? They already uh, did something within, within their theology, within, within their understanding of who is who in that uh, system, right? They already took Moses for some reasons, which we will study uh, a bit later, right? Moses is already the greatest figure for them. In a sense, Moses is already uh, taking the place of that future calf they created. Because they, they, for some reasons, they don't want to follow God uh, directly. They want someone or something to be between them and God, right? And now when Moses is gone, they don't know what to do. They still want to go, but they don't, they, they don't know the way, and they want to follow someone or some, something. So they ask to, to create that molten golden calf. Uh, how could that happen? Right. If, uh, when when we read this passage, sometimes it, it may appear that like uh, so much time kind of uh, went since uh, since they saw God there, but that was not the truth. Uh, it's it's not true, right? So the mountain, the Sinai, is, is still there. They still see the the cloud that's uh, that's surrounding the, the the top of the mountain they they still hear the rumbles the the thunder is there the the voice of god is there so it's in front of their faces it's not like, like something happened long time ago and now they forgot and now they're looking for a new idea no it's 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 right there it's a, a bit over a month when when it's all started so it's we, we of course we can believe that the, they they were that uh, but people that even seeing these things happening, they still don't believe or didn't believe in, in God who, who was on the top of that mountain. But I believe that it was something more than that. It's, it was a different story. The story was not about them forgetting about like true God. Um, what they did was they, they, they didn't want to approach that God directly. And, and, and again, it happened not uh, not in that particular moment. There was something else a little bit back in their uh, interaction with God. A uh, couple chapters before that, actually in chapter 20, yeah, in chapter 20, there was one interesting event. Let me read again from, from the text. Uh, when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at the distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. 
The people remained at the distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. So here, here they are. God took them from Egypt and he introduced them the, their new reality, their new future, their new identity. He said to them that he, actually the, the creator of the universe, the God Almighty, he told his people, that was like an engagement uh, speech to them. I will be your God and you will be my people. Everything is mine, but you, I, I, I want you to be my special possession. I want you to be so close to me that, that I will come down and will, will live among you. That, that will not be easy. It, sometimes it will hurt. Sometimes it, some of you will be burned. It's, uh, it's really kind of, it's scary to, to have God among you. But this is the way I want the, everything to be. And you will be blessed beyond any imagination. I want to live with you. And these are the things, these are the rules for you to follow that I can come and live among you. If you wish that, if you want that as, as much as I do. And then he called Moses to come to the mountain and to discuss the rules according to which uh, God can stay to live and, and live among his own people. And kind of the, the idea of, of God's presence among them was that God himself, as it was in the Garden of Eden before, before the humanity fallen, right? So God decided to live among them. And that, that was possible only if they followed certain rules. And that would be the intimate, really close relationship. God will put his own tent between their tents. God's house will be between their houses. They can come to, to him every morning, every evening, and he will be there all the time. But they decided that it's too scary for them to see God's face so close. They decided that... Uh, they will not be able to stand in God's presence. Although God told them that uh, it is possible and there are rules. And yes, of course, some of you may suffer as a result. But, but nevertheless, it is possible. Let's do it together. But they decided that God's presence, it's not worth it. Like the, it's not worth the, worth the, the risk of... Uh, death and, and all of that, all the possible consequences. They decided it's easier and safer for them to, instead of facing God uh, personally, to put something or someone between them and God. They asked Moses, Moses to be that, uh, that uh, curtain, that, uh, that veil, right? To, to protect them from, from God's own nature. So they lost their intimate, direct contact with God. They, they delegated it to Moses. And then, as, as it naturally happens, Moses, as a symbol of God, became bigger and bigger, as we saw in the previous picture. They decided to, to hide from God, but they created a symbol. They created the, the person who became like a God, demigod for them. And he became so important to them. So when he disappeared for more than a month, they believed that God was so fearful, so 
full of you know, fire and all of that. So even Moses himself couldn't stand it. Probably Moses just died. What shall we do? What can we do? Let's create another curtain. Let's create another object to be between us and God. So we, 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 we can still be led by him, but not be close to him. Again, let it be something. And actually, what is interesting in, in Hebrew uh, language, the, the word, uh, like Moses just described that calf they created. So it's golden, right? It's made of gold, but he's using the word uh, molten, which in Hebrew sounds like masecha. And what is interesting about that word, that the same word means also a mask or a veil. What they actually created, right, uh, that calf was an idol, but they didn't want an idol to worship. They wanted a mask to put on God. So his glory, his, his fire, his, uh, his power would not hurt them. They put another veil in front of God. So not to be burned. But what they lost as a result, they lost close relationships with God. They lost the ability to hear him directly. They created another symbol that replaced God. And that was a big mistake. That was the lesson they didn't learn. First, they, they had to understand that even if it's, it's like a really fearful and scary uh, um, feeling to be like face to face with God. But there is no other option. If you want to, like this is kind of, it's like a paradox. If you want to stay alive in God's presence, you, you have to be face to face with him. You cannot hide, uh, uh, hide behind the curtain or behind, behind someone. You have to face him and deal with him. And he will deal with you. He will purify you, clean you, uh, clean from all the sins. And then you will be able to, to talk to him, to interact with him. But if you, if you hide, there is nothing that can clean you. There is nothing that can renew you to, to, to make you be able to, to interact with God. So, but unfortunately, they... They didn't learn the lesson. Uh, they were using one sign after another. There was another snake. There was something else, right? So then they built a temple that became like uh, another symbol that uh, separated them from God. Although God always wanted to live among his people and travel with them. While they were traveling, he wanted to, to be in the, in, in the tent among them, right? But they decided to... to to create a temple and to put like a box and to put God into that box. It's safe there. The, there was a system of, um, uh, system of sacrifices, another symbol that was a good thing in the beginning because God gave them those instructions, right? To, to follow, like you, you should do this sacrifice or the other sacrifice in that case or in the other case. But for them, the sacrifices, the sacrificial system, the, the whole... Uh, routine of sacrifices became became a symbol on its own, kind of the the power of that of that 
sacrificial system for them became like an idol, a god itself. For example, Solomon's Temple and Babylonian captivity. If you know, uh, among other uh, sacrifices, there is one particular sacrifice. I believe it's called Tamid. So, and it's like a heartbeat of Jewish uh, religious life. It happens every day. It happens constantly. Whatever else is going on, whatever uh, festival is there, whatever uh, fasting is there, the, the, the every day, the constant sacrifice should, should happen. It's like, it's like a heartbeat of their relationship with God. And here they are. Uh, the city is surrounded by Babylonian army. And God, through his own prophets, were telling them that like, it, it, it's decided. The city will be dis uh, destroyed. And the temple will be destroyed. And you will be taken to the captivity. But it's not the whole truth. I will go with you. I will let my house to be destroyed along with your houses. Because I'm packing and I'm going with you to, 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 to Chaldea. Will you follow me? But instead of preparing for, for the journey, instead of listening to God, and like, isn't, wasn't it wonderful that the God himself was ready to, to follow his people even in such a tragic uh, circumstances? What, what is more important? That Jerusalem, Jerusalem as a city stands, the temple stands, or God among his own people, even when they are scattered, even when they are taken to a different country. They decided that the sacrificial system, that the, the temple is more important. And while they were surrounded by Babylonian army, they kept doing that sacrificial routine day after day, day after day, day after day, as that routine could save them from, from the destruction, from the enemy. And they, as they didn't hear the, the, the prophet who said that the problem uh, you have is not the enemy, is not the Babylonian army. The problem you have is with God, between you and God. You have to solve that. And to do that, you have to follow him. You have to face him. You have to face the reality. But no, they decided to keep that routine going until, because of their siege, uh, there was like the supply of animals for that sacrifice just stopped because there, there was there was an army blocking, uh, blocking that uh, supply coming into the city. So they had to stop, and they believed that it happened on the same day, 17 of uh, Tammuz. So, and then they stopped, and they, th then they realized that the symbol they were, they were holding to is gone. Now they have nothing to hold on. And then the city was destroyed, and then the, the captivity happened, and they didn't listen until kind of years later when Jeremiah and other prophets were telling them, you are here with the purposes. God is, is with you. But anyway, so they didn't learn the lesson. They, they tried to, to keep the, uh, they, they tried to uh, hold to, to, to that symbol instead of facing God instead, instead of standing in his own presence. And uh, Herod's temple and tabernacle of Logos, right? So centuries later, there was a new temple. Uh, uh, Herod 
made sure that it was like even more beautiful than the initial Solomon's temple. He put so much gold, so much wealth in that temple that uh, it kind of it was destined to become like the uh, wonder of the world, and it and it almost was. But uh, again, the idea of the temple that God lives in that temple, right? That God is there for people to come and to meet with God. But at the same time, um, regularly, uh, regu you reg <laughs> ordinary looking man <laughs> from small village of Nazareth, uh, a son of a carpen carpenter, came to Jerusalem, or like he appeared in Galilee first, and from what he did, from what he said, from what other people were telling about him, it's turned to be that this is the tabernacle of God himself in the kindness of human flesh. So now, if you have to face, if you want to face God, if you want to talk to God, if you want to ask God any question you want, if you want to experience the, the, the intimate relationship with God, you have to come to Jesus. You, you may still visit the temple, you, you may still bring your sacrifices, but it's, it's not the same. You, 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 can, you have to come to Jesus because this is the presence of God now. But again, only few people recognized him as a temple, of, like, as, a, as a tabernacle, as, a, as, as, a, as God's presence, God, God himself in human flesh being among his own people. Those who believed in that, those who came to him, they were the luckiest people, the happiest people in the, in the whole world. And they uh, experienced rebirth. They experienced their new reality, their new destiny, their, their new purpose, right? But unfortunately, only few people recognized this tabernacle of God, tabernacle of Logos in Jesus. They were still holding to the temple, to the sacrificial system, to everything that the temple brings and kind of represents on earth. They missed that important time when God himself lived among his own people. And again, as God actually wanted to interact with his own people, and as he saw that this symbol so powerful, so strong, that people we're not able to, to see the true, true God, right? The, the temple was destroyed. Tragic event. Jerusalem was destroyed. With a lot of uh, people died in, in that tragic event. Adults and children. It was a, a tragedy, right? But that was necessary. Because during his ministry, Jesus uh, told several very important things in, uh, that... Uh, on that subject, right? He was talking to, uh, to one lady in Samaria and he said that the times are coming and actually the time is now when God will be uh, meeting people where they are. The, the God will, like later in, in, in his last meeting with his own disciples, he told that, them that I, I have to go to my father. I have to go through cross. Because if I do, we will come and live inside you. Not in the temple, not in, in any, like in, in other, in, in different place, not in 
like human uh, like man made structure but i will live inside you i will we will create a temple inside you father myself and holy spirit will be living with you within you you will be temple of god isn't it amazing but unfortunately the like many people didn't accept that lesson unfortunately as we know up up to this date uh, not many jewish people recognized their god in human flesh and only few actually accepted it as a fact and created that or yeah let god create the temple inside of them uh, but with us it's a different story isn't it yeah. we we heard everything we learned that lesson from them and now we we know everything and we have our god living within us and we never repeat the same mistake right we we, we never create our own symbols and we never replace uh with with those symbols the true presence of god right we we know for sure we we read it uh, again and again and our body is a temple right God himself lives within us. And we have that kind of secret chamber. We can come and interact with God. We can come and worship. And we can, we can read our own Bibles. We, we can do everything. Because this is my portable temple. This is my God living with me. I have everything I need to, to be in God's presence. I have everything that is required to to. to to be in front of, like face to face with God. Just look inside yourself, right? But, again, it's not the whole truth, isn't it? So the, the fullness, the true fullness of God's presence is not only when we are within our own temple, dealing with God inside us, reading our own Bibles, worship to God, not looking around. The true fullness of God's presence is when we get together as as church because it's also it's even if it, it may sound illogical but it's easier on our own when we are isolated it's easier to to to, to make those things our personal temple stuff to become another symbol i don't need anything i don't need anyone I know myself, all I have to, to do, and I, I have everything within me to be in God's presence, right? I will correct myself, I will build up myself, I will be like on my own. No, it's not, it's not the full truth. The full truth is, and as uh, Apostle Paul uh, wrote in the letter in his epistle to Corinthian church, yes, all, like every one of you, as individuals, each of you is, is temple of God, but collectively as church, we are, we are the temple as well. And we need each other to be in full, real, true, like full fullness of God's presence, because then we can teach each other, we can, uh, we can correct each other, we can pray for each other, we can see in someone else's eyes what we cannot see in our own, right? And we, we need that 
collective interaction because this is how the true fullness of God's presence is uh, coming into our lives. Uh, so, and to wrap up my sermon today, I want to read another sub, another passage, short one, but that tells us uh, about that uh, truth we, we have just learned. So this is from first epistle of John, first chapter, verses 5 to 7. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. This is how God's presence is working among his own people. Amen. Let us all stay in full presence of God. Thank you, Andre. I'd never heard of the butterfly effect before, so uh, I'm going to follow that up. But uh, I was just thinking uh, today, uh, one, one effect the Holy Spirit speaking to me about the actions I do today, if they're not born of the Spirit, what is going to be the ripple effect next week, next month, next year uh, about those things? And the challenge you gave us is about living and walking in the Spirit individually, corporately, as a body, as we move forward to Him, so that the effect, the negative effect, will be mitigated, as you're pointing out throughout the history of Israel. So thank you, brother, for sharing with us. As we sing our closing songs, we'd like uh, our uh, prayer friends to come forward, Miriam and Corinne in the front, and Turk and Jana in the back. And uh, each week when we do this, just really want to remind you of the, of the blessed opportunity. If there are concerns that you have, things to pray about, because we know that there are many needs out there. I know I've got a trip coming up uh, this week. I'm going to go get prayer. So take advantage of these who are uh, there in the front and the back to pray with them and, and join together and, and, and have uh, uh, brothers and sisters praying for uh, those needs. So would you please stand? And we'll have our closing song. <laughs>